0: Welcome to the Yours is the Story podcast, we're your hosts, I'm Julia and I'm Jill. This is a storytelling podcast that entertains, encourages, and points you to Jesus. Welcome back to the podcast. We have a part three of the conversation with our fan favorite guest, Rick Craker, who also happens to be my dad. And many of you had reached out to me saying that my dad did such a great job on the episode and the conversation and the stories that he told were really inspiring so I'm really excited to share with you that we have a part three of that combo and this one in particular means a lot to me because you'll hear that the decisions that he made in his life and his yes little yeses that he said fully transformed you know his life, and then, and of course, in mine in return, and a lot of those people that I love who are my family and friends. So this one means a lot to me. I hope you enjoy and get as much out of it as I did. Is there any other times that God has spoken to you that you want to share about or any other stories? I'll
1: tell you one other thing. And yeah. You, you had uh, mentioned it to me at one point or reminded me about it at one point in time, and it was really when we decided to move up to Seattle from yeah. Portland. Yeah. Funny thing, uh, I did work for somebody uh, on a contract basis up here in Seattle, living in in Portland. I'm still working with GE at the time, but uh, this person wanted to hire me away from GE and to come up to Seattle and work for him full time. Mm. And uh, I, I had no desire to do that. We were in Portland. I loved Portland. We were part of a great church. We were involved in that great church. Portland was the largest city I had ever lived in other than Tokyo. (laughs) <laughs> but, but in Tokyo, that was a unique experience. I'm in the Navy. Um, and, uh, I just, we had family down there, every reason in the world to stay in Portland. And so I had no desire to go to Seattle. And so I just said that to th- this guy that was calling me, that was talking to me. And I already, like I said, I was already working, doing some work for him in Oregon, but now he wanted me to come to Seattle and work for him up here. And I just said, I would never move to Seattle. <laughs> I said, Seattle is way too big for my liking. I can get from one side of Portland to the other in about 30, 35 minutes. Uh, I know so I know where everything's at. I got a lot of friends here. My family's mm. here. The cost of living in Seattle is, my gosh, it's outrageous compared to Portland, even though Portland's high. Uh, and so I said, no, I, I wouldn't do that. And so it was about a month later <laughs> that uh, our pastor that we moved up, moved up here to Seattle with, Wendell Smith, um, let us know, let me know that uh they were going to be coming to seattle to start a church (laughs) he was a pastor at our church down there one of the best pastors if you ask me i thought he'd probably be the future pastor of that church but god had a different plan and they were coming to seattle to start a church and as soon as he said that to me coming out of my mouth i heard the words i'm not sure i was even uttering them but i heard the words saying we're going with you (laughs) wow and uh after just you know saying to somebody i would never move (laughs) to seattle (laughs) Here I am declaring, we're going to Seattle with you. And the reason why I knew it was God's will is because as soon as Wendell said that to me, there was such tremendous faith in my heart and vision in my heart to know that God was calling him to Seattle. God was going to work through him and something significant was going to be the result of that. And that we were supposed to be a part of that. We were already very close to him. So as far as my pastor is concerned, even though he wasn't our lead pastor at the church, he was my pastor mm. but nevertheless that's a huge commitment because i didn't work i didn't for my territory with ge washington was not one of my states mm-hmm. so in saying i was going to go to seattle i thought i was going to be losing my job with ge i was sure i would yeah it turned out i didn't but i was sure i would and uh we were going to be leaving our church and our family and all the rest of that so it was a big deal but i just knew because of the faith and like mm-hmm. i said earlier if, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by a word from God. I didn't hear it, God speak to me necessarily, but I had such great faith in a in an instant. I had I had great faith in my heart for this, and wow. so I made that declaration. We're going with you.
0: Wow! How did Mom feel about that? Well,
1: more processor <laughs> than I am. Uh, so for her, it took a little bit of time. It was her family in Portland, not yeah, my family.
0: Totally. That's my big family's from the Midwest, yeah. right? Her
1: family is the one that's in Portland. So yeah. we while leaving my family directly, we're, we're, we're leaving her nuclear family, Yeah. not mine. And uh, so, and she had grown, she'd lived there longer than I had. I'd been there 15 years, but she'd been there like all of her life almost. Mm-hmm. And so it was really only, her only existence she knew was in Portland. So it took her a little bit more time, not very long. But it took her a little bit more time to process than just instantly saying, yeah, "We'll go. With we're going you. with you." <laughs> uh, but she got there pretty quickly. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, we were on the same page in that regard. So, yeah, it's been it's been a great journey, and you know, life's to be a great adventure. So take take some chances. Yeah. Not that I thought that this was a chance, but nevertheless, um, everybody else like probably thought, "What in the world are you doing?" Yeah. Even my boss. I had to pretend like I was living in Portland for a while and st- while well, I'm living in Seattle, I'm still working for GE and I'm making like weekly trips down to Portland, which was my hub. Wow. And uh, eventually I had to tell my boss, hey, I just have to tell you, this. I'm not living in Portland anymore. I'm up in Seattle. He was down in San Francisco and uh, but I never saw him. And he was like, what are you doing, Rick? You're stupid. <laughs> he goes, let me get back to you. So uh, a few days later, he got back to me and he goes, congratulations. We now are giving you the state of Washington as part of your territory as well. And they fired the other guy, (laughs) which wasn't something I was hoping for.
0: Expanded your region though. You had Oregon still.
1: Expanded my region. Oh, yeah, I still had Oregon. Wow. And, uh, but now I got to work out of Seattle and I wasn't in violation by not living within my territory. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's crazy that you're like, I'm getting fired if I tell him this. And sure enough. Yeah,
1: yeah. we thought we were going to be paying a stiff price to move <laughs> up there. And I wasn't sure how we were going to live in Seattle because it was expensive and I wasn't going to have a job. Yeah. And, uh, but it did. God, God knew.
0: He provided for you for your obedience and yeah. saying yes to what he said. That's so cool. Would you, I know we didn't prepare for this. Would you be willing to share the story about how you got saved?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, know what that is, but is. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm happy to. Well, it's, it's. I think it's cool because it's it's fascinating because people look at you now, you know, as a former pastor, real estate, like successful man, and like see like wow, there's someone who's done it right. And I've had so many friends who have said that to me, like my male friends, being like, "Your dad is so great," and like, "I want to live a life like him." But they don't know like that your childhood and yeah. you know how you grew up. And so I think it's really cool to see like how your life took a 180 and really what god true. did through
1: it yeah yeah i was raised by a single mom my dad was not the greatest guy in the world he, just because he was an alcoholic and uh he was sweet and kind when he was sober and the demons came out at night mm-hmm. when he got when he drank and he had some demons the legitimate reasons his dad wasn't a very great guy either and i won't go into any of the detail necessarily but but he, my dad had reasons to uh have issues mm-hmm. in life and he did and then when he drank to you know forget about his issues he got angry, mm-hmm. and the anger came out, and uh, so my mom split from him. after mm-hmm. She gave him five years, you know. We they separated, and then she said, "I'll give you five years to get your life together," and and he didn't, mm-hmm. and uh, so she, she finally divorced him. And uh, I mean, he would, had stopped paying child support. We never saw him. Mm-hmm. All that. So um, anyway, raised by a single mom, doing her best. She was an amazing woman, and uh, we lived in this small town. At that point in time, in southeast Kansas, and uh, I, there just wasn't anything in this little town to do. It was boring.
0: Parsons, and Kansas. It was the '60s, <laughs> <laughs> the late
1: '60s, and, and so you know, I got into everything I shouldn't have gotten into. <laughs> Uh the the biggest drug dealer in town was the police chief's son. And so he wasn't getting busted. It was like a movie. And and so drugs were rampant and and we did them all. And you know, I I went to school stone most of well, half the time anyway. You know, smoking pot at school every, you know, two or three times a week and and other drugs as well. I don't need to go into detail. I'm not trying to glamorize that at all. But, uh, but that's where I came from, and yeah. then uh I moved away after high school, moved down to Oklahoma City, where my brother had lived, and um decided that I was gonna go to college down there. I'm working during the summer, and yet one day, for whatever reason, we didn't have work. I worked for a bricklayer, and uh, we didn't have a job or something went wrong or whatever, uh, maybe just a little lag between jobs or something, so. I don't have work that day and so i go over to my my dad lived in oklahoma city so i went over to his apartment and uh, just to go swimming that day mm-hmm. and there's a girl there she's a very cute girl and uh i start flirting with her <laughs> you know i mean like i'm a young single guy I'm yeah like eight, yeah 17 18 years old yeah 18 years old must have been and uh, i start flirting with her and uh, i think i asked her if she wanted to get high i know that's what <laughs> i know that's what i asked her i can remember asking her that and she said I'm already high <laughs> and I don't have to take drugs to get there. And I didn't have a clue what she was talking about. I'd never heard anybody talk that way. And I go, what do you mean? And she said, I'm high on Jesus. <laughs> and so oh, I was God. like, oh my gosh, not one of these people. Yeah, this is so corny. And, and uh, you know, I've, I've heard about these kind of people. Aww. So, I kind of start to extract myself out of our conversation, like, Well, thank you very much. That's great meeting you. Yeah. Uh, If you change your mind, I'll be over there in that apartment. Right. (laughs) And so uh, she went her way, I went my way, and uh, probably just, you know, swam a little bit more over to the pool and back over to my dad's apartment. I get a knock on the door uh, 30 minutes later. And I open the door, and there she is. She goes, Hey, are you doing anything tonight? I'm going, no what do you have in mind (laughs) like i I, I get to hang out with you you bet and uh she goes come to church
0: with me no way
1: yeah so so uh i kind of had already told her i wasn't doing anything so i'm already out there on a limb yeah i can either really offend her and just like really be you know a liar and uh or at least rude and so i said okay so i went i thought can't wait till this gets over how long can this last yeah an hour. Like yeah. I was raised in the Catholic church, right? It's like mass usually lasted about 45 minutes. So maybe an hour. I can do that. Yeah. So I can, I can <laughs> handle that. So I show up, go there. Her dad is the pastor. Oh, wow. And uh, her dad just shares this amazing message on Christ and Jesus and what he did for us and why. And wow. I had never heard that the gospel presented mm-hmm. like that before, but also with a piece of personal accountability on my part. Mm. It's not just he did this for you, but you you can have a great life in Jesus if you, and have all your sins forgiven. And and uh, if you just give your heart to him. So he says, how many would like to receive that? And so I, I didn't even try to put my hand up, but I felt my hand going up into the air. Wow. And there were several others as well. There were like seven or eight of us. Wow. And uh, so I put my hand up and he asked us if we want to come forward to pray with him i'm just still sitting in my pew next not pew but seat and uh the girl i was with said uh if you want to go up i'll go up with you Mm. okay so i stood up walked up to the front like i said seven or eight other people he has to pray this prayer and something supernatural took place i mean scripture talks about being born again yeah and I really felt like at that moment in time, I was blasted into the kingdom of God. And mm-hmm. All the things that I thought would satisfy me in life, if you were to ask me 30 minutes earlier, what do you think would make you happier mm-hmm. in life? I would have said, more drugs, girls, and money, <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, and yet at that point in time, nothing, none of those things meant anything to me. Wow. I, I felt God's arms wrap around me and mm-hmm. felt contained kind of in a bubble of love wow. and like I'd never felt before. And I felt the guilt and shame of things that I had done in my past lift off of me. So it was like this great weight immediately lifted off of me. Wow. And, uh, I just never wanted to do drugs again. Wow. I, I, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I smoked. I did. Mm -hmm. I drank a lot. I did did a lot of drugs. I had no desire. Wow. It wasn't like I decided I can't do this or anybody told me you can't do those things anymore. I just didn't want to. I didn't want to mess up this great thing I had going on now. Yeah. This was way better. Yeah. Than uh, any of those things. And so, yeah, I was really a completely different person from that point on. Happier. Wow. More purpose. I knew God was real for sure. Yeah. I knew I had a personal relationship with him. Wow. I knew I was going to heaven. And uh, all the desires for these things that I thought that I was searching for gratification and fulfillment by trying and, and trying to get more of. Yeah, I just had no more real desire. I'm not saying I didn't ever want to have any more desire for girls. Right? <laughs> I, but right. it's like the desire for that shrunk. Yes. Like, to where yeah. it was insignificant yeah. compared to my desire for God. And wow. there was no way I was going to. Take a chance at messing that up that's so, cool. so yeah that was my salvation experience and i you know and I, jennifer your mom didn't have any didn't have that kind of an experience she was born in the church raised in the church she's probably i know she has special moments in her life where she felt god's cl- close to us times where she dedicated her yeah. her life but but uh yeah for me it was <clears throat> it was a real night and day kind of a transformation
0: wow that's really cool i what i love about that story too is all the moments of yes in it. So, or just the moments that God set up, like you didn't have work that day. You ended up in Oklahoma City, you know, you were living there and then the girls at the pool and she had to be, you know, step out. I'm sure that was scary for her to invite you to church and then knock on your door after you already said no, (laughs) you know, all of those moments that led up to you meeting God, you know, and I know he could meet you. He could have met you by the pool. He could have met you in Parsons, Kansas. He could have met you anywhere, but He set up all of those moments and then that in turn changed my life, changed mom's life, changed all of our lives. So many people's lives have been changed by all those little yeses in those moments that he set up. So I think it's
1: really cool. That's really a good point. You know, scripture does say that by the by one person's obedience, the many are made righteous. Yeah. And that's a great verse that would kind of identify that right. Definitely. That's true for everybody that's listening to this podcast as well. Yeah. You know, one moment of your obedience can change the destiny of your not only your life, but think of all the lives around you, your family, your immediate family, your parents, your brothers, siblings, you know, your children, when yeah. you get children, you know, when you get married and have children and all that, their whole destiny yeah. is changed by your decision.
0: Yeah. I totally agree with that. Thank you for being on the podcast, dad. This is so cool. Not really. It's so cool. It's just great to relive these stories. You know, I've heard these before in the past, but to sit down and remember what God has done in in my legacy like it's we've had other guests on the podcast but it's cool like you know you your life you know in turn builds my life and so this is really really special to do this with you so thank you for being on the podcast
1: my pleasure
0: thanks for listening to the yours is a story podcast we really want to hear stories from you you can email us at yours this story at gmail.com or dm us on instagram we'll see you next time